Hey friends, this is Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous, where we analyze pop culture through the lens of race or gender, and sometimes both. I'm your host, Julia Washington, and on today's show, we are revisiting a still comfy episode from last year, Practical Magic. I've edited this show down because as many of you know, I'm a stickler for an hour-ish long show. If you want to watch the full episode uncut and live, you can watch the replay on YouTube. I'll link it in the show notes for you. But before we dive in, I wanted to share a few things with you. I'd like to do a big shout out to Kelly Peralt. She is the owner and creative mind behind Pleasant Creative Co. and has some awesome designs. You uh, may have seen me on Instagram wearing a hat that says introvert on it. That's one of hers. She also designed our Jelly Pops book club logo. And so I've linked her shop in the show notes so you can go check her out. I also want to shout out our past guest, Tracy Stinger. She hosts a program called The Space You Want. I participated last year. She offers these things called junk drawer sessions and all kinds of other support to help you get your mind right about your business. I've also linked her in the show notes. Both of these women are members of our Patreon community, and without them, this show would be a shell. So now to to get to why we're all here today. Here we go to the show. Friends, welcome to Still Comfy with Jules and Nat. This week on the show, we're discussing the 1998 classic, Practical Magic. But before we dive in, let's do some introductions. I'm Julia Washington, host of Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous, where we analyze pop culture through the lens of race or gender and sometimes vote. Both? But do vote. I mean, yes, also vote. (laughs) But do vote. And I'm joined by... I'm Natalie Katona, host of the weekly podcast, To All the Men I've Tolerated Before, your weekly look at everyday misogyny. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It sure Mm -hmm. is. And Natalie is not short of any topics because friends, what do we do? Live in misogyny every day. And that's why we should vote. That's why we should vote. Okay, so let's dive in a recap real quick uh, or a summary real quick of what Practical Magic was about for those of us or for those of you who weren't born in the century when you could have seen it live on in the movie theater. Or on the Superstation. <laughs> or that. Sally and Jillian Owens, born into a magical family, have mostly avoided witchcraft themselves. But when Jillian's vicious boyfriend, Jimmy, Angel of, dies unexpectedly, the Owens sister give themselves a crash course in hard magic. With Detective Gary Hallett growing suspicious, the women struggle to resurrect Jimmy and, and unwittingly unwittingly inject his corpse with an evil spirit that threatens to end their family line. So the movie opens with a flashback of Maria Owens at her own hanging in the 17th century. She is accused of being a witch because apparently that's all women are allowed to be. And even then they're not allowed to be. Mm -hmm. And it is a voiceover. As we're watching the scene unfold, we hear Stockard Channing's voice telling the story of Maria Owens and the history of magic within the Owens family and the Owens women and the story of the curse. And then we come into present day. 
sort of present day. Then we flash forward to the to Owens the 90s. girls to the night to well, and then we see Jillian and um, Sally as little girls, and their parents are very clearly in love. And then their mother hears the sound of the beetle, because when Maria realizes that she her pregnant self is not being rescued, she places a what turns into a curse that any man who falls in love with an Owens woman will meet an untimely death. She did it accidentally. It was, yeah, I don't think she meant to like she didn't, curse like, generations. Into the sky or anything. Yeah. She was I just begrieved. The, yes, yes. And Please. it's hard. Being pregnant alone is hard. It's hard. It's hard. Especially and she in was already 1690 something. Yeah, she was already like tried to be hanged for witchcraft. And then, like, I mean, the whole movie's message is your manifestations come true so yes. be careful what you're screaming into the night a hundred percent a hundred percent i apologize for my dog somebody must be in their front yard doing yard work and they're she not does allowed. not like that they're not allowed not during our live okay so natalie you know me i like to look up reviews when i'm the one hosting our things and i have to tell you <laughs> our resident misogynist roger ebert said practical magic is too scary for children and too childish for adults who was it made for on the one hand you have cute witches making jokes about magic potions and herbal shampoos and on the other hand you have a kidnapping by an abusive boyfriend who dies of an overdose but not for long Moldy evil spirits rise up out of the other people's bodies and teaspoons stir on their own. Okay, Roger. (laughs) Well, I too read a review, but I don't care about Roger Ebert. So I only read reviews by actual practicing witches. Oh, I love that. And I found an article that broke down a bunch of like witch media and Mm -hmm. what actually portrays witchcraft in the most respectful and true to nature self and it was practical magic so it was for us roger it was for the witches that's who it was for honestly he's a pulitzer prize winner and i'm kind of thinking you know i know the man's dead but what movie was ever for him to review you know yeah it was for us robert roger too scary for children and too childish for adults i saw this movie when i was a child if it came out in 98, I was 10. Yeah, I was 14. And I watched it. And I don't remember being scared. And you know me. Yeah, I don't and you're like scared. intense shit. Yeah. No. I, this, I texted people last night. And I was like, stop allowing me to tell people that I'm too cool for a favorite movie. And, like, when people are like, what's your favorite movie? I'm like, oh. It just like really depends on like the temperature and like the way that my hair is laying that day and like what I had for breakfast. Like I like I have to like read the vibe and it no, it's fucking practical magic. (laughs) It's fucking practical magic. I crafted my entire like dream adulthood around practical magic and getting to live the practical magic lifestyle. I love that. I'm sorry. I was like, I'm trying to be, because, you know, I'm trying to, with the dog. Can you even hear her? I can hear her, yeah. Alice Hoffman, who is the author of the book Practical Magic, and the guy who wrote The Alchemist, but I didn't read The Alchemist. Or whatever like that. Uh Uh-huh. I read Mm -hmm. 
the witch of Portobello together, they crafted how I practice witchcraft. They, They craft it. They just craft how like my spirituality and they're the reason I left Christianity. So pro (laughs) pro in the practical magic column. I love that you found reviews from other um, like practicing like witches and covens and what have you, because that's one of the things that I think is so easy with um, when I, cause when I was watching it, I was like, gosh, like the nineties had a lot of like witchy vibes. Mm-hmm. We had the craft, we had practical magic. We had Buffy, the vampire slayer, um, the TV show and the movie yeah. and like a bunch of other things. Teen witch, that, teen witch, um, teen witch. <laughs> Sabrina, the teenaged witch, mm-hmm. you know? And so there was just a whole witchy vibe happening. And I I'm not going to say it's a favorite movie, my favorite movie, but I definitely love this movie. I read it's, the book, too, before yeah. the movie came out, and I really enjoyed the book. It's been over 20 years since I've read the book, though. So. Oh, shit. 1997 is when I read the book. I was 13 years old. Well, at least the book that you read when you were 13 years old about witches was Practical Magic, because my mother handed me Anne Rice's The Mayfair Witches. Oh, and there's Anne like, Rice's interesting writing right the sex i read about to the point where in my adulthood when i told a guy that that was one of my favorite books when he was like what's a book i should pick up at a secondhand bookstore to get to know you and i went oh i don't know and rice's mayfair witches my friend scolded me she's also a practicing like member of the witchy woman club and she was like what did you tell him (laughs) and i was like the mayfair witches and she's like He's going to read that. And now I want you to list all of the things he's going to think you're into. And I went, fuck. <laughs> fuck. The sex in that book gets weird. <laughs> oh, man. Did he ever come back to find you? You know what? I believe that our um, relationship raveled, unraveled shortly thereafter. Okay. I like to think that practical magic just extended the Owens sisters curse onto my love life. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You know, I mean, no one's dead, but yeah, I was, they're dead to I me. was like, how do I ask my next question? <laughs> no one, there's a lot of death in this movie. No one's dead. They're just dead to me. And honestly, same thing. Yeah. So. yeah. I cried a lot this time. Did you? I Oh, a hundred, like totally. There was like crying about the sister relationship, crying about like when, um, stalker Channing and Diane Vice tell her like, oh, we didn't, we, you know, the spell, we didn't think that he'd be affected by the spell. Like we didn't think you'd actually fall in love. We were just trying to help. We were just trying to help. We were just trying to get you laid, which like good on your great aunties for just trying to get you laid. I'm like, I love it. Yes, but also, like, why would you assume she wouldn't fall in love? Like, that guy seems like an actual decent human. I know. And, like, I think this, and I think, like, every year, because I watch it every year. Mm -hmm. And I just, like, I'm past the point where, like, I sob during it. I just, like, wistful tears during it. I'm like, my wistful autumnal cry to practical magic. And um, I think this year and last year was the first time where I was, like, I mean, now I feel bad for her first husband. <laughs> yes. Just some unsuspecting dude who like loves produce mm-hmm. and he gets hit by a goddamn truck. 
which feel which also felt like why didn't the truck try to stop why was there a truck behind a bicycle marathon why wasn't the road closed off what was happening and listen we had amgen come in a couple years ago at first multiple years and Mm -hmm. streets were blocked off right like even surrounding streets like here's the road they're riding on but then like a three block radius is blocked off no yeah so none of it makes sense except for it was the curse it was the curse curse. i believe and i might be be misremembering because there was like an entire year where i was only reading alice hoffman and somehow none of the alice hoffman that everyone else was reading oh that's funny um i did make sure to download a bunch of her books from the library last night in a manic Mm -hmm. craze but Tis the season. And so I believe it's the rules of magic, which is kind of a prequel. Now there's two prequels and maybe a sequel. And that goes into Maria's story. And what I like about Alice Hoffman's books is that they're like a comforting like book series because the witchy ones follow the exact same format. Lady gets her family cursed, and then we follow three generations of cursed ladies. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I dig, I dig. Oh, that's interesting. The only Alice Hoffman book I've ever read is Practical Magic. Yeah. For whatever reason, I haven't read Practical Magic, and I don't know if it's because I'm like, well, I have the movie memorized. I think I have it on audiobook. That's how I like to read books that I've seen as movies. Yeah, I think I I support that. That and and memoirs. I like, you can tell me the stories. I don't need to read it. Just tell me the story. Um, So, in this time, so you watch it every year. I watch it every year. I was going to say, because this time around, the things that, you know, I'm like sobbing, right? When I watched the movies in 98, I'm like, oh, it's. Oh, this movie. Oh, my gosh. And then now that I have life experience behind me and lost loves and like shitty love, mm-hmm. I'm over here like, oh, wistfully. yeah, I'm no, you're heartbroken. And I'm just wistfully crying at the beauty. Yes. And then when Aiden Quinn shows up and he's mm-hmm. got one blue eye and one green eye. And he can flip cactus shaped pancakes yes he's just like a good old cowboy Mm -hmm. like the fact that a good old cowboy from the south married a um, well southwest southwest yeah it's Arizona. very different the southwest (laughs) married a witchy woman who sells lotions and potions to the local like yahoos in town i love it i so in my perfect adulthood practical magic when I have fuck it money, I either buy that house or I have some strapping young carpenter build me that house mm. because I'm eccentric and I have fuck it money. And mm. I only dress like Stockard Channing. Uh, okay. Can we talk about their costuming for a moment? Yes. Because I was like, girls, ladies, women, I appreciate that you look like you are in the Victorian era. Is All this you telling us that this is how old you are? Or is this you just having a nod to the fact that you live in a clearly Victorian built home and that you have special magic powers? What I really appreciate about the movie is that you subtly get like all of the forms of witchy woman. So you have like Stalker Channing, who is very much like gothic, Victorian, eccentric auntie witch. The dream. Then you have Diane Beast, who is like cottage core herbal, like garden witchy. Then you have like Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman, Sally and Jilly, who are just like, we're just trying to like blend witches, like broom closet witches. 
And then you go to the lotions and potions shop and there's a practitioner who is like modern gothic witchy who's just like out and proud and just like swathed in black like lace. Yeah. Oh, she yelling. She yelling at that dog. <laughs> well, she's just getting a little out of control. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Sorry, but yeah, listeners. that's what I really appreciate about the movie is that, and I think that's what I picked up the most during this watch around, which is like how they really do somehow focus and yet not focus on the fact that they are everyday witches living in an everyday lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what else kind of was, I felt was kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Not cool. That's the wrong word. The sister dynamics. Right. So like with Jillian and Sally, Sally's clearly the very talented one when it, like she's naturally gifted when it comes to witchcraft. And mm-hmm. the aunts tell her that, like, oh, you're so good. Da, da, da. Even her daughters call her out, like, you have so much yeah. power and you don't use it. And then Jillian's just kind of like, well, what am I good for? And they're like, you'll find out, dear. And I was like, if that isn't 100% a sister, like a sister setup where you're just yeah. like, but they, but what I loved about it is that how it, they don't let that become a wedge between them where in other movies, like when we did a league of their own, that's a wedge between mm-hmm. Kit and Dottie. Like it creates tension, even though Dottie's still like down for her sister, there's still a wedge and Kit still has a chip on her shoulder. But with Jillian and Sally, Jillian doesn't have a chip on her shoulder. She's like, fuck this shit. I'll get out when I want to, when I'm ready to get out and I'll go live yeah. my life. And then Sally's like, cool. I got you. I miss you terribly, but we're in it together proof positive when Jillian calls and is like my boyfriend's beating me and Sally's like I got you where are you I'll come get you like there's no issue like they're so tight and close and I love that because we so often get this sister's clearly the superior one and then the little sisters chipped about it Mm -hmm. or the other sisters chipped about it and it's not even like that they're estranged and then the Jimmy drama of it all brings them back together like they've clearly kept in contact Mm -hmm. And they've been writing letters the entire time and getting phone calls when they can. And then, like, their blood magic also, like, hints them off as to what the other one is doing. And you're right. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, Jilly, you said, did you tell me that the book focuses more on Jilly than it does Sally? I don't remember. Okay, cool. I've heard that the book focuses more on Jilly's past. And it's not that Jilly isn't talented i find her magic to just be more volatile like her Mm -hmm. volatile spirit Mm -hmm. like that plays a role in it too where like sally is the calm and steady one and therefore her magic even though it's dimmed because she's out of practice will come back because she is calm and steady and then we've got over here who's a little wild and a little volatile and poisons her boyfriends by the way i think every woman to just like have a list of things that you can keep in your kitchen that will slowly poison someone that needs it. And that's my platform. I believe I said that during Thelma and Louise too. I go, I think we should just murder if we need to. <laughs> I'm just very concerned that this will be used as evidence one day if somebody tries to accuse you of something. Not if I'm good at it. Oh my God. Not if I take my own advice. <laughs> 
Oh my god! But the fact that like, and the fact that she didn't think that like overdosing on belladonna would eventually kill her boyfriend. I'm like, oh, Jilly, you just. She's like, I just needed to sleep, and I needed him to not be on top of me. And yeah. I'm like, been there. Yeah, because the intent, the intensity of Jimmy Angelo, is a very like in. It's an intensity that I've fallen right into where it's like, mm -hmm. you feel what about me? You're going to let our love destroy the stars. And I'm like, ooh, dangerous, but also hot. Like, <laughs> more like murderous and also hot. I mean, honestly, like, but, but you get like, especially when you have like a wild, eccentric, like volatile nature like Jilly does, like that is the perfect cocaine guy for you where you're mm. like I'm addicted to him he's addicted to me I'm addicted to him oh and I'm gosh. and there I thought I remember Jilly doing drugs but I might have mixed up like a scene of practical magic with like a scene of rock star or something where I'm like why isn't Jilly doing coke isn't that why we go and get her um I always, I don't know. I know. I mean, I just remember her being a smoker in the movie. Was she a smoker in the movie? Yeah, she was a yeah. smoker in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I, for, I didn't forget about the twist about how, like, Jimmy was super abusive and um, patterns of behavior with women. You know, I think one of the reasons why I cried also about this film again is how you could literally drop it into 2022 and it still works because of the themes because of the abuse that's happening towards women you know the the percentage the the statistics on on abuse towards women haven't improved they're yeah. still really high in 30 years it's it's nothing's changed so taking that element taking this movie and dropping it into 2022 you're just like fuck this is still very accurate and that's also hard right and you can't always trust that your sister is gonna fall in love with the cop who's like trying to investigate your boyfriend's murder that you poisoned yeah. and then like it's gonna work out most of the time right everyone fall like the lengths that we go to like avenge the murder of a bad bad man i'm like why like so many police resources and we just care that he's gone so i actually took it as he was investigating all of the women the murder of all of the women yeah. okay and i think he was like hired by their families and then and then the twist is oh he's now dead yeah he's dead to which I would have gone, and good day, ladies. Thank you for doing my job. And, like, walked away. Like, there needs to be more of that. Like, oh, you took a bad, bad man mm -hmm. off of the street. Good day, ladies. Goodbye. Yeah, because he's not subjectively bad. He's objectively bad. Right. Like He's a bad, bad man. The abuse that he's bestowed upon um, uh, Jillian. And you're just like, oh, my God. He brands like, women. Yes. This is serial killer shit. Yeah. It's kind of like serial killer shit, but light because this movie is PG-13 for 1998. With a Bainan soundtrack. Yes. Because <laughs> we got Stevie Nicks and we have Joni Mitchell and then all of a sudden we have some like Faith Hill thrown in there. And yeah. I'm like, I love this vibe. It's amazing. Speaking of, um, the New York Times original review said, it's Barbie joins a coven 
time as Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman shake their long, flossy hair and play witch sisters with otherworldly decorative qualities. So here's the thing. Barbie meets Coven. Here's here's the thing about these reviews that are clearly written by men. Men. When we were too scary and too powerful, you burned us. Yes. When we were too scary and too powerful, you literally... Natalie, that was written by Janet Maslin. Okay, well, she is a traitor. Okay, I can't help it. Some women are bad and they don't deserve my support. I don't know more about her except for she's a traitor. And so when we were scary ladies who were powerful, we were bad, bad ladies and you burned us and you hanged us. Um, But then when we're pretty Sandra Bullock and we're just literally trying to run a botanicals, uh, store then we're not real witches too Mm -hmm. so it's like which is it patriarchy which is it yeah you can't have it both ways i didn't get barbie vibes no at all no none i'm so angry (laughs) i can't believe it well and here's the thing too like why do we hate a soft pretty movie like what about this movie was too pretty that we didn't actually like get a lot out of it you know, I don't know because it has all the themes I'm looking for in a movie or not all the themes, but it has it has a lot of themes that I think hold really well and are long lasting. And I think that even though the film was 1998, you don't really get a 98 vibe. No. I don't know if that's because I lived in 1998. So it feels real. <laughs> you know what I mean? But well, it doesn't feel dated to me because you do have the witchy aunties who are dressed in an air. You know what I mean? Because there's yeah. just so much about the style that still works regardless and I of do believe decade. That the, I do believe that the Owens women lived for a long, long time. Mm. I believe that was also part of it. Except for their mom who died of a broken heart. Right. Women. I believe in a lot of folklore, witchy women tend to live for a long, long time, which I believe is where the, like, we eat children to survive, like, comes from. Lore comes from. Yeah. No, we just got good herbs in our skincare. Try it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, olive oil also in in and on. Just in and on. (laughs) Just in and on in and on i love that also sally is referred to as in the broom closet which is a very real thing however mm-hmm. is like you can't be on in the broom closet and also the like local apothecary sally <laughs> <laughs> with your kids screaming at you that you have immense power in the street like, right Evan Rachel Wood. How about how I didn't realize that was her until this time because my time gap between seeing Practical Magic and then the next time I see Evan Rachel Wood is probably 10 years. Yeah. Because she's a full ass adult by the next time we see her, right? And like, yeah, she's like, strawberry I think she's been your age. Strawberry Universe. No, what's that? The universe. Across the Universe. Strawberry Fields Forever, out? man. 2010? Another great soundtrack. Oh, 100%. Do you remember when movies had great soundtracks? Oh, yeah. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies has a great soundtrack. And it's like, because it's all up here the entire time, so you can club. Yeah, 2007. So, not, so nine years. Yeah. But the point is the same. She's a grown-ass adult by the time this comes around. You know, she's... I didn't realize um, how much... Uh, I, 
I didn't I didn't realize she had a relationship with Marilyn Manson. Oh yeah, they were they almost married people. I don't know, but she procreated with the kid from Billy Elliot. What's his name? I don't know. She procreated. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember if they were actually married, but they share a child. Um, and then she, oh, thirteen. That's right. She was in thirteen. Oh, that's right. It I love two thousand three. Um, but then she then like her her he, what is his name? He's married to Mara Rooney. Oh, Mara no, Rooney. that's 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 the sister. Rooney Mara's the sister. What's the other one called? This is going to bother me. This is not what we're here for. But now I've fallen down. (sighs) Jamie Bell. I still like you said his name and I should have gone. Aha. And I'm like, no, I don't care about white men. He's British, (laughs) but same thing. Um, The original white. (laughs) I know the original white. So they were married, had child. Then she enters a relationship with Marilyn Manson. It's abusive, as we've learned Marilyn Manson relationships are. So she flees essentially with said child. So then Jamie Bell's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where are you taking my kid? And she was citing like, we have to be safe. I'm sorry. This includes me saving the child as well. And it was like a whole thing. I don't know if their custody stuff ever got resolved, but then he married or is in relationship with, cause they just had a child. Kate Mara. Mm. I was under the impression that Marilyn Manson groomed her when she was like 16. I didn't know she was a full ass mom. <laughs> Um, you can still get groomed as an adult. I'm convinced. Yeah, I was going to say, you can still, I feel like you can still get groomed because that was in 2000. Wait, maybe it was in the relationship was before. I just remember, I'm going to have to fact check. I just remember that she was like, took off to another state in the Middle West somewhere with said child she had with Jamie Bell and basically like told the court, it's for the safety of myself and my child because Brian is dangerous. So I don't know the timeline of her relationships. I just know that she and Jamie Bell were like 10 years ago, probably married. Mm. None of this matters. Let's get back to little Evan Rachel Wood playing Kylie. Which the little girls do such a good job. Even like the original little girls that are playing like Sally and Jilly. Like Mm -hmm. such a good job. Yeah. Such a wonderful job. The whole movie is just really well done. um, To the point where you're just like... Why can't more movies be femme forward? Why? Uh, because they'd burn us and they'd hang us. Oh, Al, Al, Robin, I don't know who this person is. I was looking up who wrote the screenplay. Bo, that's a dude. I can't pronounce his name. I'm not going to try. And that's a woman. Okay. But the Griffin Dune is the director that's a dude but they did it such a good job i think it's very rare i feel like a man can take a female's story a female's femme positive story and and actually make it maybe hoffman had a really heavy hand in it yeah maybe i don't know i wasn't there i don't i wasn't there either Maybe Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman just took everything in their own hands. Maybe Stalker Channing was like, I've got this. Yeah. I and do Stalker remember... Channing does have this. <laughs> yeah, she's so good. 
oh my god everything she's in she's amazing i do remember during the press junket that you know the scene when they're like the jimmy buffett song comes on and they're doing the margaritas or whatever i remember it was either nicole kidman or sandra bullock it might have been nicole kidman like somebody from entertainment tonight might have been john tesh was Mm -hmm. like we heard a rumor that you guys were really actually drinking during that scene is it true and they were like yeah yeah because how else are you going to get tequila loose unless there is tequila involved? Like, uh-huh. that's what makes that scene so great is that they are all different variations of tequila loose. Yes. And then I think this was the first time that I made the... So at first I thought that, like, the tequila ritual, the midnight margaritas, was literally just a way to infuse joy back into your home mm. or joy to make sure that joy carries into your home. Because it's dancing, it's drinking, it's having a good time. And then they're making jokes off of one another. Mm-hmm. I think this was the first time I made the connection that it was Jimmy's tequila. And that was actually making them bitter towards one another. Oh. hmm Yeah. Because the shit that they say, and they're like, I don't even know why I'm saying that. Like, yeah. This is- yeah. That's a really good observation that I also didn't take into consideration either. Well, because, because then when they see the bottle and she's like, where, the, where did this? It was on the porch, porch, you know? Well, because the thing about the Owens women who, and it carries throughout the entire movie, is because of the Maria curse, mm-hmm. their entire existence has been like, around the idea that feelings and words matter and therefore they're always choosing their words carefully because once you say it you can't take the intention back which is why they have the whole scene where she like she's like get your finger down and she screams i hope you get chicken pox and she's screaming at her kid in the middle of the street we don't hex people get into the store (laughs) And then we later learn that child does. That child gets, box. yeah, that child mm-hmm. gets. Well, and one of the women is like, I'm, I'm not saying that they ch- killed this Jimmy guy. I'm saying that like maybe they shook his hand and then he yeah. died. <laughs> <laughs> like shit like that happens to them. Yeah, yeah. So like the whole weaving of the like words matter and your intentions matter, matter. And the fact that the curse didn't come from an outside source it literally came from the sorrow and the grief and the anger that maria just continuously built up into herself until it spread to her baby and down generations right Right. that's a really good point i mean it's generational trauma Mm -hmm. in which form in it's witchy generational trauma generational trauma i also love when when she's like, give me something white to write on his chest and it's whipped cream. And I was like, yes, that is exactly what you do as a practicing witch in the 90s, the 2022s, anytime. Yeah. Is you look around your kitchen and you're like, what did it call for? Black salt. Fuck. I don't know. I'll like, I'll draw some like charcoal on there and then I'll put the salt on it and that counts. <laughs> that, that totally I'm counts. not making black salt. Do you know how long that takes? And I'm not buying it on Etsy. Do you know how much that costs to ship? Okay. I can't like, I can't have all of the things that all the time. And that is very much how I run my practice where I'm like, what did this call for? Hmm. And you know what? We'll just say it three times like it's in there. Like the energy and the essence is in there. Mm-hmm. Imitation vanilla from the kitchen. 
I will say too that in that scene when they're like, okay, this is you know what we chant over and over again, and they're sort of fumbling through it, and then when yeah. they sync up and they start saying it, and they're just sort of in this really great like vibrational mm-hmm. uh, moment, repeating the phrase over and over and over again. There's something like really compelling about that because it's like we at that point it's like they've always been in in sync to an extent right they've always been really close we have established that already but in this moment they're not in sync because they don't agree on what to do about jimmy Mm -hmm. and like sandra bullock's characters kicking and screaming going into it but then they click and it happens and it works and you're just like damn that's powerful well and it's like they did it without consulting the aunties and it's like no you always consult your aunties <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's why we have aunties i also appreciate i paid attention to the grimoires this go around too and i love that little sally's is literally a junk journal i'm like oh because i do that too like you just collage and then yeah. you like write down your little protection jar and it's like next to a really awesome hot shot of j-lo <laughs> You're like j-lo protect me <laughs> Please, JLo, or protect yourself because of her recent marriage. Oh, yeah. And she's back to Ben Affleck, which mm-hmm. is unfortunate. But it's also what's really moving about the end of the movie, where all of the neighborhood women who have really done the most in perpetuating mm-hmm. the outsider feel of the Owens women and like keeping them separate and keeping them ostracized. They get one phone call on a phone tree and all they, and I wrote down, I was like, women don't always understand witchcraft in the, in the concept of just women harnessing their power and then using it or women coming together as a group and together obtaining a goal. I go, but they do understand when you pick up the phone and say, a man is hurting my sister. We need help. Like that in in itself is a power that women across the board, very rarely do you get a phone call like, I need help getting my sister, a man is hurting her. And some lady is like, nah, like the car's been acting up. I don't know. Right. Right. And again, that leans it lends it leans into the femme forward narrative and themes that this movie holds. Especially because they didn't want Sally to be at the top of the phone tree mm-hmm. and it just magically happens anyway, but yet they still have the willingness to to support and be a part of that. And well, it, and- you know, and I, and I appreciate how <laughs> the one chick, she's like, Sally's like, oh, and Sarah, so I'm surprised you're here. She's like, well, I've always wanted to know what the inside of your house looks like. <laughs> That's what gets me about the end of the movie is like. The playful curiosity that women will embrace if you tell them that you're practicing Mm -hmm. and they're like, will you like I have often been scolded because I have shown up to an event without my tarot Mm -hmm. and they're like, you didn't bring them. And I'm like, well, they're not really a party trick. I was like, you have to ask me to bring them. I go, because if I do bring them and someone is super churchy or super like indifferent or super negative towards this practice, A, it's not going to work. Right. Because they're interrupting the energy flow. And B, I don't want to be disrespectful at your bachelorette party because we didn't know that someone was going to like go home in tears about it. It's right. like when I'm forced to pray before meal meals and I just sit there and I'm like, okay, why Jesus? I find it very hard to pray to a deity that we have made male. Mm. 
Yeah, I um so there are times when I'm like when we're around religious family and my son's like doesn't really know what to do, part of me is like I'm not embarrassed. I'm equal parts proud and part equal parts like oh maybe I should have like figured out a way to be respectful of this situation, but being, you know, leaning back into the I don't give a shit cuz that shit was traumatic for me, so I'm not doing that to my kid. It right. always wins. <laughs> So, yeah, like, I thought that that was brilliantly done, too, in that last scene where all of the women were just, like, so giddy to be a part of it. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. we're going to get to do the thing, the thing that we've been, like, scared of the entire time. And part of it left out on, too, you know. And it's a really great allegory for, like, how society has made women scared of their own power, too. Mm -hmm. Because when women are powerful, women get punished. Yeah. So here you are. You're... A basic white lady in your seaside town. You're just trying to get your kid off to fourth grade. And here are these eccentric as fuck botanical lotions and potions shop owning women who literally probably in your mind get to live the exact life that you're like, man, if only I hadn't given my soul to the conventional ways of the 90s. Mm. Maybe I too could have an awesome hat like Stockard Channing. Mm hmm. Yep, because Dr. Channing's the best. She's the best. She I can't really wait. Damn, you fuck it, money. I dress not today. I'm in a sweatshirt today. Mm-hmm. But there are moments where I'm like, I've dressed full practical magic for my day. Like I like someone's going to take one look at me and goes, "These a witch," and then like I'm getting burdened at the stake because I live in the Midwest. It's happening today. <sighs> Oh my gosh. Um, do you think you'll read the book ever? Listen, it's on my it's on my damn phone. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you're gonna read it. I know. Well, and chalk that up to ADHD and hyperfocus. Currently I'm only reading things that my book club <laughs> fix. So um I have always made it a goal to read the book, and I don't know why I don't. And now I this might be the year because I am craving more more context about what jilly did before jimmy Mm -hmm. because it looked like again it looked like she was having an okay of a time yeah well i mean she was definitely partying and having fun and she wasn't like strung out jenny from forrest gump partying that's true so yeah that's true but i wonder see now i should reread the book because i feel like there was a point where get part of your book club and then it's homework for me to do it there you go because there's a part of me that vaguely remembers that jillian was in like a lot more like a like some kind of trouble before jimmy shows up Mm -hmm. but i don't know if that's me inserting from something else or if that was from the book well and i think that jilly also represents this other class of otherly women where it's like oh my god she's just on the road and by herself and sleeping with men and drinking and going to parties and kind of just ending up where the wind takes her she's very much like taylor in one tree hill season two that we'll be covering at 10 but (laughs) where it's like we We don't punish these women in our brains, but because we're so closed off to that, like, idea of, like, so you're literally just, like, living a nomadic lifestyle based on your, like, gut intuition and, like, 
sexual drive and all of it that we're like, Jilly, stop it. Come home. You're partying too much. Um, meet a man that the Owens women's curse can kill. <laughs> right? You because Sally did it right. Sound. Yeah, Sally did everything right, which that that scene where she's like pulling up the floorboards is so heartbreaking because she's the one who set out to never fall in love because she knew it was a death sentence and then like the ants did some trickery and some fuckery to get her laid Mm -hmm. which you know best intentions worst carry out yeah (laughs) best intentions maybe cast a spell with somebody who's not as cute and adorable right well in when i mean i get it because you don't want your niece to be with like some ogre right you want them to be able to read mm-hmm. and be like a good partner kind. while they're a good partner see this yeah. is just to see i would have ended up doing that i would have been yeah shit she's gonna fall in love like it should have been obvious to that to them when but they chose then, them but also the owens women i think a lot of alice hoffman's books follow the owens line Oh. The Owens women have to reproduce in order for the line to sustain. Mm-hmm. And that's also like a huge part of their story. So like, yeah, we kind of like fall in love and those, then those dudes take off or they're dead. But how else is the line of very powerful witches supposed to go on? Yeah. On, honestly, it's not. I mean, if if we had a better societal structure system, it's it's really not that bad of an idea to be the only parent in a situation. Absolutely, we just need not. to be do better, like childcare and equity for paying women and and all of the because emotionally or like developmentally, when you're raising the human, not having the negative impacts of uh, um, an um, an interesting man is yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, and. And the ants are right there to step in. So many of the movies of the 90s, like, carbon copy what I believe my family would do in a situation where it's like, oh, she done got widowed. (laughs) And now it's like, you're just going to come home Mm -hmm. and live with us. And then when, like, Jilly says, we're going to grow old together as two biddies with our cats. We're going to live just like the ants. I'm like, it's all I've ever wanted. Every time. Every time one of my friends. Is pissed off at their husbands. I secretly go, you could divorce him today. You could move into the woods. We could live our best practical magic coven lifestyle in the woods away from them all. And we right. could just be hags together. And doesn't that sound lovely? <laughs> to just throw convention to the sea and just become hags together that like dig up like murdered guy roses in the yard. It sounds amazing. And I've almost gotten a couple. They're like, I do agree that that would be really fun. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I go, you could divorce him. <laughs> you, you could divorce him. It's just a piece of paper. <laughs> Pieces of paper get lost. <laughs> well, and it's you know, registered with a, a government entity. It'd have to get lost there, too. You have to believe in the government to care. <laughs> You have to believe all everything's fake unless if you give no value and no belief to something, it's fake. Also true. Um, excuse me. Forgot I apologize. That was gross. I apologize for the yawn. Um oh my god, what was my question? You said something that was like, oh, that brings me to another question, and I forgot what it is. 
Oh, it's not a question. It's a statement. I really feel like the 90s, what we got a lot of in the 90s, or at least from where my vantage point is, is a lot of that femme forward feel in films, right? So like we had, like we've covered A League of Their Own and Thelma and Louise on this show, and those have very strong female themes, very strong, powerful women. Practical Magic also falls in line with that as well. And then, you know, there's other films too that I can't really come to mind right now and I should have made the list when I was thinking about it earlier today but it really like we don't see that level of like female power that isn't a message being smacked over the head to the audience and to the point where it's like I don't know how I want to state this (laughs) there was an ease and a prettiness i don't want to say prettiness but you know like there's a good aesthetic that we appreciate there was a sugar going down with the medicine when it came to what practical magic was trying to say about women and what happens to their power yeah even with Thelma and louise they made sure that there was enough fucking comedy and that gina davis always looked gorgeous that there was sugar with the medicine coming down yeah at this point i don't know if they've thought we've outgrown the sugar but they're like y'all are raped and you're harassed on the in the workforce and you have to be fighting that all the time and you cannot cry and you cannot fall in love and you cannot have feelings for it because now you have to be the empowered woman so i wonder if the glamorization it's not glamour that's the wrong word but i wonder Mm -hmm. if the beautification yeah of how the 90s presented it is uh, is there's this is the backlash to it now we just yeah. want gritty now we just want this. now we just want gritty but i also like i struggle with grit like yes give me the reality and the horrors of what's our history because hello um but at the same time like certain groupings of people when you've grown up with the constant reminder in your daily life that you're devalued right i don't want that in, i don't it's not that i don't want it in my entertainment it's just i want it done in a way that makes me feel empowered in the end and not defeated in the end exactly and we are living people who are also happy and falling in love and crying at practical magic and whatever and we are also very aware of how systems in place oppress us mm-hmm. and who does the oppressing mm-hmm. and it's not that we like forget for nine hours out of the day and we're just like oh my goodness it's so great and i'm proud to be an american (laughs) no it's like we always know but shit someone's got to get the kids to school someone has to find the cat when she's lost someone has to cut down the roses and there's so much joy and beauty to the way to the feminine side of love and i think that practical magic does a really great job of showing that like There are women who are constantly told to not be powerful and that they're ostracized for being powerful and not even being powerful, but being powerful in a way that's very public, that as soon as the other women in the town involve themselves, they are like, yes, we've been waiting for you. Yeah. And it because in that very inclusivity, right? Like it's almost as if I choose to believe that after that scenario 
and they do show us at the end mm-hmm. too because it's showing the group when people coming to the house and showing the aftermath being very positive and i choose to believe that positive positivity continues that they were able to change the trajectory of the of what they were known for mm-hmm. and and now accepted and and that's what a lot of movies from the 90s i feel like tend to do like the end of Thelma and Louise is devastating, but you still walked out of that movie theater going, fuck, yes, we are awesome. Yeah. And we got this. And, I and think, holy shit. And I think, unfortunately, like, the way that we talk to one another about our differences has become so heated that now we can't be pretty about things. Right. Like, it's, here's, like, okay, okay, okay. You think you have it bad? <laughs> and and there's this ability to do confirmation bias now. Like, we can find, rather than finding information to help us expand our thoughts and opinions, we're finding information that confirms our thoughts and opinions. And that's just bad. That's not, that's not, you. that's critical thinking is the answer. Because mm-hmm. critical thinking teaches us to expand our opinions and learn from things. Whereas if I'm going, if I say, well, all, you know, all white people are, I don't know, something horrific. And then I find an article that proves <laughs> I it. Love, like, I love that you can't ever insult people. And I'm like, hey, ladies, did you get your poison herbs to keep in your cabinet? Jimmy's are everywhere. And this is your friendly reminder that we can poison them secretly yeah. in their tequila or whatever vice they got in their device of choice um i think I, I was raised by a cop so you know don't ever don't ever incriminate yourself um but there is this element now where it does feel very much like well why won't you listen to me listen yeah. to me oh my god listen to me and it's like if we're all demanding to being listened to then how can we actually hear Right. What someone's trying to say. And if we're always focusing on how everything has fucked us, where's the love and the joy that gets us through the day? I mm-hmm. think that's what the fucking pandemic taught us, where it's like, oh, if I literally don't say at least three times a day, at least I have a cat and she's the prettiest cat in the world. And I just go down the spiral where it's like the world is shut down. People are dying. Groceries are hiking. Mm-hmm. Like all of that. Then like where is the compulsion to go on right right and i think people don't necessarily fully understand either the line between what's appropriating and icky and Mm -hmm. what's just an appreciator i had that experience last night which i will tell you about offline if you're interested of course i'm interested (laughs) i love when my people do bad things yeah (laughs) and that's the thing where i that's the thing where i'm like there are because because when you are in a community that is predominantly marginalized you learn to pick up on things that are like dog whistle statements Mm -hmm. and like certain things or like like coming from a religious background there are certain turns of phrases that are very common in the type of religion i grew up in and when i hear those things I now know you're a, and this is terrible. It's like, is it terrible or is it survival? Because it's like, you just said a turn of phrase that was, that I grew up hearing in the, in the type of religion I grew up in. And now I know that you're a Christian and I, and now I know what kind of Christian you are. And now I'm very uncomfortable because that kind of Christian is the kind of Christian that made my life miserable for 16 years. Well, and I can tell every time I do tarot publicly who's with it and who's pretending to be with it. So the group doesn't make fun of them. Yeah. 
and you yeah. just know. Even if I'm just looking at my cards and just focusing on the person who's reading, I know who's with me and I know who's sitting there going, Natalie is my friend, so it's fine that she's doing this devilry in my home in front of my friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and there's different survival skills yeah. that you kind of adopt and that's what the owens had to do and i think that's what sally's so scared of like she's tired of having to do the defense it, it's tired they both are actually that's why jillian flees she's like fuck this shit i want to go where no one knows us it's true it's it's tiring on all fronts like it's tiring to constantly have men in my dms being like would you like to hear how women have hurt me and i'm like no go tell joe rogan like yeah. I hear he's making a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, on last week's episode of the show, um my my guest and I were talking about like the difference between when women behave in the patriarchy and when the patriarchy exists. Mm -hmm. For women it's a survival mechanism, so I can't really fault them. I mean, I can, but not to the same degree because they're trying to survive and they have to like this this is just part of the metamorphosis and there's fear in breaking away from that to be strong. Whereas men just do it because that's all they've ever known and they don't think that there's anything wrong with it. And there's also this idea that if you started small and if you started scared and whatever, the moment that you become powerful or rich or any of it, we turn our back to you. Mm -hmm. Like whatever sellout. <laughs> it's like, right. I was just literally trying to collect the paper that everyone else is collecting. Yeah. I'd yeah. like to be comfortable too, guys. It, it happens. I'd like to pay my student loans and eat dinner every right. day. It happens all the time with my favorite people to stand up for the cast of Critical Role. Mm -hmm. Critical Role, in my mind, and you and I have talked about this, where it's like when small businesses make money and make money to the point where Amazon could like be like, oh, you're making money. They still get to be a small self-owned business because they're still doing it all on their own. Right. So like Critical Role has merch and like, tours and ad space and they're fucking making money good for them they have a cartoon now yeah and like in my head i'm like my friends are making money thank god it's all we've ever wanted yeah. because now i know that my content will stay for free and i will get to enjoy them to the fullest in mm -hmm. all of the ways that i could be enjoying them absolutely but, but then the reddit the Reddit's like, I'm tired of us pretending that these people are just kind people making these videos out in the kindness of their heart. Why don't they deserve to get paid? I ask you, why do they mm -hmm. not deserve to get paid? Yeah, because it takes a lot of work. It takes there's so much that goes into it. And I love people when they say things like, well, I, I shouldn't have to pay you that much because I could do what you do. And it's like, could you though? then do it? There's a reason why you called me. <laughs> And everyone who started a D&D &D stream a la Matt Mercer's way to do it are hoping for that big million dollar mm -hmm. check. Mm -hmm. So don't don't fault them for making money. Don't look at her shampoo bottle, Mr. Copman, and be like, I've never paid this much for shampoo. Yeah, well, it's going to stop you from going bald. Yeah, which is what every man wants. It's going to anyway. quiet your male because, fragility. <laughs> because if I have to sit through one more hair commercial because a man felt bad about balding, but yeah. we still don't have science and medical science behind menopause. 
you can go fuck yourself. Or menstruation. Or menstruation. New York Times is touting how little everybody knows about the clitoris. And I'm just like, I can't take it anymore. Stop reminding us that the world doesn't give a shit about our health. Is my birth control slowly poisoning me me or not? Every podcast has a different set of articles. Right, right. Okay, final, final thoughts of the night. What's your comfort level? Are you still comfy with this movie? I'm in love with this movie. I feel like the answer was so obvious considering you say it, that you watch it every year. I watch it every year. Um, It literally will be, I know that I will have made it and you all will know that I have made it (laughs) when I am literally living in whatever little fucking sea town that is dressed like stalker Channing, scaring children. But also making women like half-ass look at their husbands going, is he great? No. <laughs> um, they're on an island, no? They're on an island? Cool. I can't wait to be on an island. Yeah. Like, I can't wait to bounce between my seaside cliff in the Mediterranean when I want to be Donna for Mamma Mia yeah. and then my little Cape Town. Because sometimes I like the idea of like tropical ocean is great. But like, have you ever been on a porch wrapped in a uh yeah. sweater waiting for your long lost love to come home from yeah, the, the Oregon coast is like that it's very cold it it will go in the summer and it'll be 110 where I live and it'll be like 50 degrees at the so coast. I want both and when I have fucking money I will have both and thank you practical magic for act and uh the witch of Hortobello for accidentally handing me a religion that I could go no I don't want to be a Christian anymore they don't like me I'm a lady Yes, yes. I agree. I'm also still comfy with this movie. Like I said earlier, I feel like you could take this exact film and drop it into 2022. You could release it this Friday mm-hmm. and it would not feel aged or dated in any way, shape, or form. Including with all the women who are in it. Correct. And it just, it again, it makes me sad that we still haven't made any progress in terms of reducing violence against women. With that said, you leave this movie feeling very empowered. And mm-hmm. that's what that's all I want from a film sometimes. Well, and I love a film that will remind us that like sisterhood and the power of feminine love is always the answer. Yes. Yes. Like, ladies, they're going to tell you that we need to be separate, that you can't have female friends. It's part of the matriarchy. Loving women is and always will be the answer. Also, it might actually make you come a time or two. <laughs> the truth is out there. The truth is out there. No, 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 the no. Telling us that right. women did you are notice? stupid. Did you notice they didn't call that cop once to try and solve their problems? Oh, not at all. Not at all. I mean, you know, Sandra Bullock did try to like convince Level Jillian with them. Yeah, but like it, it, it. So then it's well, is it because of the spell you cast um, when you were ten, Sally, right. or do you really want to come clean? I think it's because of the spell you cast at ten, Sally. He received it. He, he was it. waiting for you. He, he needs also you too. For you. Right. I'm not saying don't fall in love and like don't get dicked down if you want to get dicked down, but like also know where your bread and butter is. And it's not with the patriarchy. And it's not for men who pretend like they're not in the patriarchy because they've been nice to you three times. Yeah. Yeah. With that said, tell everybody where they can find you. 
My name is Natalie Katona. I'm the host of Tell the Men I've Tolerated Before. Want to see more of me on the internet? There's no shortage. Um, you could subscribe right now to Men I've Tolerated Pod on Instagram. I mean, I'm on Patreon. I have merch. Uh, I'm on Etsy at No Niche for Nat if you want to buy some of my my witchy shit. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. I'm everywhere. Friends, if you want to keep up with us online, you can find me at the Julia Washington on both Instagram and TikTok. You can find Natalie at Natalie K124 or Men I've Tolerated Pod. If you enjoy the show, be sure to like and subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Still Comfy resumes Tuesday, September 5th on YouTube. If you want more of this, join our Patreon. For just $5 a month, you get a bonus episode every month, access to our back catalog, and entry to our studio audience social hour, where we sit and talk about all things pop culture. I'd love to see you there. Friends. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Until next time.